We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Hello. We have our pun master and statistician, Nikaias Duncan. What's up? We have our trash tweeter, although he doesn't like to be called that way anymore, Jack Alfonso. Hello. What do you want to be called? Um, Fake Ben Shapiro. What did you What did you want? I'm good with any of those. I like oh, trash tweeter. Shapiro. Is it Cuban Shapiro? Somebody called me Mexican Ben Shapiro, which is weird because <laughs> I'm not Mexican. Was it Mike Scriba? Probably. That, that is really inside Heat Twitter. And we have our network boss, the head honcho, Ethan Skolnick. We bow to Ethan. We do everything Ethan says, but we also ask for a lot of favors. Ethan, welcome no, you, back. There, there's one thing you, do, you don't do that I ask for. You know, it's, I'm wearing this as, as, we're, as we're talking. As, as we're talking right now, I'm wearing one of these new Five Reasons hats. And um, it's been interesting what's happened with Heat Beat with these because I, I gave one to Giancarlo. I gave one to Alex because – he comes to everything so i gave him one uh and then i opened it up yesterday and like within 15 seconds brass uh sends me a d i haven't heard from brass in weeks like i need him to cut a new network promo (laughs) and within 15 seconds brass not only is asking me for a hat but he's telling me he needs a particular size so i saw that yeah so so uh, the rest of you will have to wait because i'm almost out of this stash right now so i guess he will be the third member. He gets one before Brian. Brian co-founded this thing. Brian, I, Brian, I'll give you. Brian, I'll give you my hat. I don't look good in hats. I don't like hats. You don't look good. I in look anything. bad. I don't look good in anything. And uh, that is our co-founder, 
Brian Goins and uh, the Five Reasons co-founder Ethan Skolnick. You can catch all the podcasts: uh, Five Reasons, Fish Tank, Three Yards, Ballscast, Cinco Razones, everything. Check out. You the don't five know the reasons. names of all of them. We should, you know, before we move on, we should see if Jean Carlo. Okay, knows let's do this. Okay. <clears throat> we got the flagship Five Reasons. We yes. have Three Yards per Carry. Yes. We have the Ballscast. Yes. We have Miami Heat Beat. Mm-hmm. We cool. have Five Rings. Okay. We have Swings and Mishes. That's right. Otherwise have, known as S and M. S and M. We have Goldie on Ice. That's right. Seven. We have Cinco Razones. You've been on there. Eight. Okay, so we have eight. We have the War on I four. That that doesn't count. That doesn't that's count. Not, that doesn't count. That's we not, have Fish that's Tank. Not a pre-podcast. Okay, that's nine. We have Fish Tank nine. We have mm-hmm. Smark Your Territory. Ten. I always is, forget them. Which is yeah, ten. That's ten. Now, listen, we have Light Skinned Opinions. Uh, we always forget him. I don't. Uh, yeah. I got you, Alf, yeah. Maddox, okay. and, and Parrish. So okay. that's eleven. Mm. I feel mm. like I feel like I'm. Mm-hmm. No way. There, there's more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How many sports does this damn city have? So this- well, one one of them you actually follow. Yeah. I Five like, reasons. No. No. What two sports do you tweet about the most? Tennis. Oh my God! Pitch invasion. That's right. We got pitch invasion. Well, Chris, Chris does Chris? Chris never posts. Chris, Chris is uh, active he, enough. Chris has taken about three weeks off. That's Chris true. is like, dude, like I, I, I forgot we had that. Okay, so that's twelve. Okay. So we have twelve. Miss, miss, missing one. Missing one. I'm missing one or two. No, you're missing one. You're at twelve. Well, we're one. adding two more, but we're gonna get to. Well, I mean, we're at thirteen for right now. Hold you're on, wait. Give me a second. So I did. Brian knows, I'm sure, right? Not so. It's not the the war on I four. I thought we made that. I thought we made that public. No, no, that's not. That's not a it's full not one. It's not Phantom Let. It's not Phantom Let. That's my podcast. Hey, no, check you're that just out trying to Patreon. wish that into existence. Let's, that's that's that, not te- happening. Check that out on the Patreon. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the watch. Oh, we have um out for the count. Not so. not one of the thirteen. Oh yet. my It'll god. Be Fourteen. Jeez. Brian, you want to guess? I don't know. <laughs> Fantasy on five. Damn it! Oh, no, hold on. Wait a second. Listen, Garyan, if you're listening. You know, you. T- I asked. I asked you for advice for my coworker. My coworker bothered me every day. He's like, "Do I take Levy on Bell? Do I take Levy on Bell? What about that fantasy podcast?" So I tweeted Garyan. I did the courtesy of retweeting his episode, and I I lied to the people and said Garyan provided good information. Then I asked Garyan, "Should my coworker take Levy on Bell?" And my coworker took Levy on Bell, and I haven't heard the damn end of it since. He'll be back in week seven. Yeah, okay. So. I've, I've, well, what damage is done, Mr. Garyan, Canada. Um, that's enough self-involvement for uh, mm-hmm. for this beginning. Uh, so check out our, our nice network of shows. We have Ethan, who's been on top of this Jimmy Butler story, uh, and um, and Stefano of ESPN. Stefano, how do you say his last name? I'm scared. Fusaro. 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 So we have uh, Stefano and Ethan on top of this Jimmy story, despite the national pundits pivoting in the beginning. Now they're on our side. Um Ethan, still what? not crediting us. Still not okay. crediting us. Yo, shout that's out to okay. you. Shout Talk out to, to you, Sam. Sam, uh, Sam Amico. And, and Sam Amick, actually. Both How do you say it? Amick? No, there's, there's two. two of them? No, there's two. They're, they're different. Yes. Wait, no, what? Yes. No, they, uh, this, this always drives... I'm going to say this always drives one of them crazy. I'm not going to say which. But, uh, but Sam Amico is based in Cleveland. He was the one that had LeBron going back to Cleveland before he went back to Cleveland and everyone thought it was just Homer talk. And I actually got to know Sam a little the year I was up there. Very nice guy. Sam Amick is the national NBA writer who was at USA Today for years and just like the rest of 
sports writing society left for the athletic. Wait, was so he, he the one that broke the NBA lockout deal? Yes. Sa- Sam Sam's uh Sam's plugged in. Yeah. Sam is um So who credits us? Who do, who who are we nice to? Well, no, Amico credited us. Okay. Amic's a friend of mine. Um I actually he hit me up for something today. I mean I, I mean Sam's they're both good people, but uh, but Amic is is one of the national How do I put this? He's one of the national writers who actually gives credit and doesn't sort of submarine other writers. Uh, it, uh, there are some who do, he's not. They so who I, I have a lot of respect named. for Sam. Well, you know. Yeah. It so, is what it is. Shout out to them. Um, Ethan, where the hell are we with the story? Because I think Wednesday of last week, we had the breadcrumb trail, and I think we thought it was done. I think we were pretty mm-hmm. – I think we thought that this was, like, on the cusp of happening any minute now, and then from that moment on, it went dark. Well, yeah, because what I heard and, uh, you know, Stefano and I, you know, kind of both heard this on Friday and communicated about it after we did, which and apologize to our listeners for my cold, which I think is partially from staying up all night chasing Jimmy Butler trades. But (laughs) but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I what happened was that, you know, we didn't hear anything between about Thursday morning and Friday evening. And so I reached out to some people again, as did he, and both got confirmed that basically the Heat made a take it or leave it offer on Thursday morning and basically told them to get their shit together. I mean, that's that's a, I mean, that's basically what happened. And as you've seen now, you saw Woj go in on the Wolves. Not surprising. There's some inside baseball on that. I'm not surprised he went in on Minnesota. Um, but we also saw we also saw Amic, you know, go go in on them a little bit today. Um, and that's so the national narrative is kind of what, you know, you know, Stefano and I have been hearing all along that the wolves are just not on the same page with each other. And so they're making these ridiculous counter offers. And I do think I tweeted this out today. I mean, Tibbs is basically Costanza at this stage, like in appearance and in personality and in tactics. Like he's trying. That's going to go over all your heads because you're also I have freaking no young. idea who the hell also that is. Also freaking young. All right, with the the audience uh, for the audience. If there's anybody over like Costanza, Costanza. No, okay. Was the guy from Seinfeld? Yes. Okay. George. George. Okay. So. Oh yeah, he does look like Tibbs. He uh, he looks. Not only does he look like Tibbs, but basically George was working for a fake George Steinbrenner. Okay. There was a character that played Steinbrenner in Seinfeld, and it, it wasn't really a good Steinbrenner, but it was kind of a gag that went on for years. And George really didn't have a job there, and so he was trying to get fired from a job he didn't have. Okay. And so you can look it up on YouTube. YouTube, but basically it's George okay, going like around. Beat. Right, exactly. Okay, you everything you've done the past five months has been trying to get fired from a job you don't actually have. That's exactly. true. Uh, but there's some YouTube video of Costanza going around, and he's in a parking lot with a bullhorn, and he's cursing out George Steinbrenner because he's trying to get him to fire him. And I feel like that is <laughs> Tibbs with Glenn Taylor right now. He's trying to get fired. But um, you can't fire your coach. In the middle of preseason, that's probably the worst. That's well, probably worse than in the middle of the season. Well, well, look, Mike Brown got fired in Los Angeles. What was it? Uh, how 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 early in the season with the Lakers a few years ago? Yeah, it was. It was yeah, bad. right. So I mean, it, it can happen. Uh, but the the problem here is that you've got a guy who's got both jobs, and you know, we uh, how many people in the league have both jobs now? I mean, Stan didn't work for Stan. I don't want to say that because Stan's for coming Doc, on our pod. It didn't work for Doc. They've given that responsibility to Lawrence Frank and to others. It worked and, for Pat. But he's the only one. You know, I threw this out on Twitter. Like, who is it work for other than Pat? 
And the only other one people came up with is Pop, but that's kind of a sketchy one because R.C. Buford has had a lot of control there over the past few years. So I, I don't know that that's the best. Ex- I guess that would be the closest example, but otherwise it just doesn't work. I think and- Riley's situation is that Andy is kind of a, a limiter on what he can. I think Andy probably keeps him in check as to what's oh, yeah. realistic and what's irresponsible. And Pat yeah, respects and, and- Andy. Correct. Well, yeah, because there are a lot of things about the cap that uh, Pat has acknowledged he doesn't totally understand that Andy does. And Andy does most of the calls with the GMs now and the agents. So Andy's doing 90% of that. I mean, Pat is the big picture guy. But, uh, you know, getting back to Tibbs, I mean, he's trying to get fired. And so how do you make a deal with a guy who's trying to get fired? And you look at some of these counters and look, uh, I mean, you talk about a deal was supposed to get done. Okay, now I heard that the last (laughs) offer that they made was Thursday morning. Now, coincidentally, and I, look, I like Brandon Robinson. He's a good reporter, so I'm not questioning his sources. But it, it was a little coincidental to me that two reports came out of Houston right after the Heat made their final offer. Okay, uh, that to me s- strikes me as Minnesota was getting stuff out. Okay, that somebody else was interested because a so, couple of those reports, if you remember, guys, on Friday night we're like a deal's going to get done by midnight, right? Okay. We're taping this on Monday. There's been no deal. So I, I don't think that there's a market for Jimmy Butler right now because the teams that I thought could get really involved here, Philadelphia, I've heard they haven't put charge on the table. They haven't put Fultz on the table. You're not making a deal without putting those two guys on the table. Report comes out today about Middleton. And I know Nikias wants to win on this. Uh, a report comes out today about Middleton and that the Bucks said no there. Okay, there's nothing else attractive on Milwaukee's roster to front line a deal. So that's not happening. Uh, we'd heard about one other situation Clippers. in the E. I'll, I'll let Nikias tell you about that one, but I've heard that one's not happening now either. The Clippers, I've heard, have not put Tobias on the table, and I don't know what else they're frontlining a deal with. And I've heard all along that's a little overstated, and I will say this. One of the guys who's, and we've talked about this on the group chat, so I'm not going to get specific, but one of the guys who's done a lot of reporting on this has a very close relationship with Lawrence Frank. And so I'm not surprised that the Clippers kind of got blown up into this early, and then that's kind of disappeared. So, And the Nets, who I have heard have not made a competitive offer. So who are the Heat competing with? I, I, to me, this is just a basic, this is a game of chicken, and I don't know if Tibbs is playing chicken with the Heat or if he's playing chicken with Glenn Taylor, or both at the same time. And so... The Heat, if you're the Heat, like, this is the last thing you want. Like, the stuff's gotten out now. The Heat don't like anything to get out public. It no, drives Riley don't. freaking insane. I've had conversations with him about this. This is what he hates about the Twitter era, that this stuff gets out. So all of this has gotten out. His players all know about it. His players, trust me, are asking media members about it, okay? And they're trying to – Spoh's trying to prepare a team that has, like, 12 players in a rotation for the season – and so the Heat's put in this terrible position where it's like, get your shit together, Minnesota. Like, I, you know, because we're in a tough spot here. Our guys don't know if they're going to be with us or not. And so they basically said, come back to us when you're serious. So that's where it is. So I, I, to me, what has to happen now is it has to become so uncomfortable for Tibbs in Minnesota that he has to move Jimmy Butler. And I don't know when that's going to happen. I thought maybe it would be the first preseason game. It wasn't the case. But maybe it happens before the next preseason game. I'm not sure. But to me, that's the next domino that has to fall. Ethan, I don't get how if you're Minnesota, and clearly Tibbs is not going to last there. Like I think every I think everyone knows that whatever's happening there is probably not extending toward next season. If that's the case, why are you having him make decisions that directly affect your future? 
Well, a lot of teams do that, and it's it's silly. Um, well, it sounds I very that, dumb. Well, it is. I know Layden's involved. Uh, I know I know you know, Riley has a, a history with Layden. Um, so I don't know how involved he is right now. I, I can tell you this um, from reporters up there. I don't have this directly, but I was told by people that are pretty plugged in uh, in the media in Minnesota that Towns actually went to the team last year and that the media knows about this the towns went to the team last year and said that he wanted tibs out okay um now they've extended towns for 190 million dollars he ain't leaving so uh, if if Towns still feels that way somebody else is it seemed unwise uh, for him to sign that considering that they didn't have something in place to move butler which allegedly except except problems. except it's 190 million dollars johnny i mean like i mean that's it's 190 million yeah but he had he has the leverage of getting what he, he, he wants does. He, he lost he, it by signing that he, he does that no that's true but i'm sure that they made some assurance to him or maybe glenn taylor made an assurance to him the other thing to consider here guys is this is another weird arrangement this has happened in a couple of cities john henry the owner of the red sox owned owns the Boston Globe and it's always been this kind of weird conflict of interest. I Glenn mean, Taylor owns the the you know the, the number one newspaper in, in that area. He owns the Star Tribune. Um, and, and I think that has made things dicey in terms of reporting certain things that have happened up there from what I've heard. But I did hear the towns wanted out, okay? And and I've heard that basically the reporters we were told to kind of keep it quiet. Um, and then everything Gordy is sort of James. blown up during the Butler situation. So it's a, it's a total <laughs> It's a total mess. I mean, I was well, I was looking at the preseason box score. He played Anthony Tolliver thirty three minutes. Anthony Tolliver thirty three minutes. Tryout, so amazing. Let me tell you something. I saw Gorchi Dang make a nice move under the basket. That was a nice little tryout he had. Wait, did you see? Uh, was it Wiggins trying to do a, po- a post up move? Oh, on Clay Thompson. It was on Clay Thompson. That was so funny. Yeah, Jack, that, did that, you see that? Guys, you I saw just want to. I can't get over. Did you call? Did you call him? Gorky I don't know how to say Dang? his name. Gorgy Dang. How do you say his name? Well, it's not Gorky Dang. <laughs> how the hell do you know? Do you know how to say it, Wise Ass? I think it's Gorgui Jang. Yo, that's you're, not, you're not doing that's, any that's closer. closer. That's close. What are we doing? It's not right. Nikai, how do you say his name? Gorgy Jang. There you go. Yeah, I was closer. I can't say that. GD. Jack, what Gorky what religion Dang. does Clay Thompson follow? Um. He may have converted recently. I'm, re- I really like Clay Thompson now. I'm a big fan. He's grown out a beard. He's looking pretty good. He's probably like the least hateable warrior right now. He used to be the like most hateable Durant. warrior. It's been quite the heel turn for Clay Thompson. Yeah, but things have changed. As they add like Boogie and KD, like dynamics change. I'm in on Clay Thompson. We're I'm in on a big Clay fan. Thompson. I do want to talk about um, kind of the idea of. In a world that the Heat get Jimmy Butler without giving up Jay Rich and Bam, mm-hmm. is it like so? Miami is in this, and I guess it's so dependent on the deal and what salary they give up. But with Jimmy Butler on this team, in order for them to clear cap space, if they get if they get Jimmy, they're probably gonna have to include a pick. And oh then yeah, in that's and without if especially if you don't give up Jay Rich or Bam. So if you're in this situation, you have another pick to work with to move Tyler or Hassan. And that starts getting dicey. And then you you empty the cupboard again on assets. You and think Pat cares? 
You think Pat cares? I know Pat doesn't care, but I'm talking about what's Uh, best for the future. Do you think Pat cares? I'm just just asking. They have seven of their next eight picks. That is burning. I don't know how I'm quoted in the media press or this year saying it's good enough to have a pick every other season. I know. He said that a lot. And Nikias, I don't know how you feel, but like, I don't know how I feel about completely hamstringing your cap, giving Jimmy Butler, and then not having assets to move other people and then at that point you just have the team from last year with jimmy butler and it would appear that Kyrie said he doesn't want to leave obviously things are fluid but like dog if you can't get another free agent if you can't be a player fast you're just absorbing salary and jimmy's jimmy's about to be 30 years old so i'm not really sure what the hell the plan is other than just get jimmy butler in the door and figure it out later but i we've seen how that's burned them in the past I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And I also think that's why Miami is trying to be so careful in these trade talks. They need to make sure that they have enough assets to make that second move. But that's like, but, and that's been the Danny Ainge thing, right? So Danny Ainge makes a move for Kyrie and then he, or makes a move for Gordon Hayward and he has enough assets to make a move for Kyrie and then he has enough assets. But like Riley has unfortunately kind of mismanaged a summer and a half and they have too much and now they have actual picks and assets because Jay Rich and Bam clearly have value and they made a mistake not extending Winslow because now Winslow doesn't have the value he would have had had he been extended and Ethan I don't know if you know anything about this but I had a theory on Justice that the reason why he hasn't been extended yet is because he could possibly be a trade piece and if you extend him you can't trade him so they're basically my theory was they're kind of waiting out this Jimmy Butler situation in order to give Winslow an extension. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, and I think other things you can read into are how much he played with the ball in his hands at the scrimmage, um, because clearly they're they're prepping for life without Goran if that's what this comes to. So, yeah, I think all of these things play together, which, again, is what I'm saying. The heat are on hold. And that's what's so irritating for them. Because, you know, until Minnesota, I mean, they're at the mercy of a dysfunctional organization and, you know, nothing, nothing drives a functional organization crazier, you know, like for instance, like nothing drives Whittingham and I crazier than like dealing with like you, like (laughs) nothing, nothing, you know, I mean, when when you're, when you're a functional organization, like dealing with an, you know, a dysfunctional one is, is tough. Um, And so you just don't, you just don't know what to do until they pull the trigger on something. And. So, you know, again, if you're the Heat and you're Spo, I mean, uh, what's been interesting about this offseason to me and the comments from Heat personnel is Pat in particular has been much more open about what the issues are than he typically is. Like, right, there's been no sugarcoating it. Like, at the press conference at the end of the season, he basically said, we have too many two guards. Oh, yeah, and Josh Richardson's a two also, but we have too many two guards. Like, the roster is unbalanced. Like, th- these are things that Pat doesn't typically say out loud and he's been saying them out loud so like they know there's an issue like and so you think Spo doesn't know there's an issue like if you're looking at this roster right now you're like okay what do I do with this all right I've got uh you know I, you know I've got Hassan who needs to play our best lineups were Bam and Olenek together how do I get them on the floor Josh Richardson's best position is the two I've got five other two guards one of them's overweight. The other one is making nineteen million dollars. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I, you know, and then our best, you know, our best find this off season in the summer league is a guy who's going to play behind six other wings, and we well, don't have any. I, room I actually for think him. D, uh, DJ is probably and Nikias. Maybe you could speak to this. Probably the the one that'll probably find playing time the easiest because they don't have a lot of threes. 
especially if Justice plays power forward? Um, I would like to say that's true, but Spo does like his three guard lineups, and with how many guards Miami has, they're going to kind of have to play three guard. But those lineups. lineups get shredded, especially because a lot of times they depend on Ellington to score. Oh yeah, I mean you're not wrong, but I'm just saying just the just the roster itself, he doesn't really have much of a choice. But is that a product? Do you think of Ellington and kind of the Goran and Ellington and Dwayne not being A plus defenders that kind of make those lineups dangerous to play, or that's definitely part of it. And then DJJ doesn't spread the floor, or at least he doesn't force defense to account for him at all. And he's not good enough defensively yet to kind of justify giving him those minutes. That was four minutes. Very interesting. Dude, he's he's crazy athletic. Yeah, he's very that springy. Block, like though. in a perfect world, I would love to see them carve out minutes for him because he needs to develop. I think there's upside there, but there are just so many players that that need to develop. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. What was how many how many pick and roll possessions did Justice get in the in the game last night? It was like according to center, he, he logged three, including passes. How many did Magruder have? Eight. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, part of it is the play call. I think um, they did have Justin bringing the ball up a little bit more kind of as the play starter, and then you'd have Gorn or somebody else finishing the play. So that wouldn't be logged in. But also, Rodney Magruder is very aggressive. I was kind of surprised by how aggressive he was. Preseason Rodney, dude. <laughs> preseason Rodney. Yo, preseason Rodney. Hashtag free Rodney. But we discussed this actually on, on the pod Nikias was on with, with us where I asked him and Leif this question. Um, who who gets more time this year, Rodney Magruder or Derek Jones Jr.? No, Rodney. And, well, but why? The reason is because – See, I don't think it's shooting. I, I think it's this idea – to me, this is about heat culture versus heat potential. And, and I think the, the problem is if you have this roster together the way it is, they're going to be in this push to try to get a four or five seed and so you're going to give more minutes to somebody like Rodney because you know what he is, as opposed, which is what the Heat typically do. If you go through their history, whenever they've had a choice to make between potential and proven grunt guy, they go with proven grunt guy, okay, even if the upside is more limited, unless they're in a season that just doesn't matter at all. And they're not going to look at this season like it doesn't matter at all. So I, so I think Rodney's going to end up getting more time. So you've got to add him to the mix also. So I just don't know where Jones – I just don't know where Jones gets any time. I because I, I, again they've got six other guys unless they've just decided. Look, Dion's not going to play. I, I mean, and I, I kind of got that feeling honestly. Like, are we here? I, I I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I so just let don't me get feel this like straight. Part of the plans this year. So in fourth quarters, they're going to have twenty four plus nineteen plus fourteen. How much money is that's a lot of money on your bench, not playing fourth quarters. But I said this before. You could basically turn the heat roster upside down and turn the heat salary cap upside down, and it's an inverse order to to uh, value to the team this year. But Ethan, that's that's Jack. You know, you're laughing. That's insane. Because if we really think about it, the problem contracts are Hassan, Tyler, and Dion, and none of them are bad players. I don't think Dion's going to be a good player this year. I think we saw the best of Dion, and I don't think we're ever seeing that again. Especially with how he looked at media. I don't know about that because he's always been a good defender, Jack. Like even even when he was in Cleveland being ridiculous, like he's always been a that's one end of the floor. And that's why last season it was kind of obvious how hurt he was, just because he wasn't he wasn't getting around screens very well. He just wasn't moving laterally defensively and he's always been very good on the ball. 
But you were at media day. Did he look healthy to you? I didn't see him. You didn't no, see he him? never came up. He never. He was the one who never came upstairs. But th- but they told us he wasn't going to, and then they released a photo. Uh, I which that was a bad idea. They should not have released. Why did they do that? Like they're, well, they're I, too I, smart. I don't know when. I don't know when that was done, honestly. But they look. Uh, what was weird to me about that is I was just having a conversation with somebody about the fact that they don't seem to promote Goron that much, and then. You know, they have the five players for the Heat that the NBA Twitter account releases, and Goron's not one of the five, but Dion is, which I, you know, which is where that photo got all that attention. I mean, I saw him, look, Alex and I were at the scrimmage, and we saw him up close, and I will say it's not as bad in person. Of course. That was a bad picture. He was wearing a black shirt. uh, He was, and that is slimming. So woke. He's, he's but, but, right, but but it was it was not as bad in person. It, it was it was worse in that photo. So I, I do want to cut him a little slack there. But look, I've heard all off season, and Barry's been reporting this consistently, and reminded me that he's been reporting it consistently when I took credit for the report. But uh, that that the Heat are um, you know furious with him. I mean, they've been upset with him. Um, Manny you know, too, though. You give credit to Manny. 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 Manny's reported it. I mean, everybody's reported it. It's it's not really a secret. Like. They felt like they bought in to, you know, what he he said and shafted and and the Players Tribune story. And I want to be here and all the rest of that. And he gave them two really good months where he reminded them of Dwayne with some of the big moments at the end of the game. He created some of that magic. Like you said, he did defend. He did work. He got himself in great shape and then he got his money and, you know, he got his money and didn't really handle the ankles situation the way they wanted him to. And they didn't stay in shape, didn't do the, They have a very specific. OK, they, if there's one thing you don't want to cross the heat about. I mean, other than tweeting about pizza, is you, which you, one thing you you don't want to you don't want to cross the heat about. Okay, is is conditioning. You just don't. Okay, I, I when when I sat down with Pat in his office um, the year after LeBron left and wrote a piece for Bleacher Report about his feelings, and he was much more candid there than I expected him to be. I came in with a list of questions, thinking, oh, maybe I'll ask about LeBron if he's in a good mood, and then I I sort of threw it out there, and he went on this whole thing about generational teams and all the rest of this, but a big part of that interview was about conditioning and his frustration with current players about how, and one of the things he said, and I always thought this was about McRoberts, okay, just the context of it. He didn't say his name directly, but I guess I can say it now since Josh is long gone. But one of the things he said was that what happens with players is that in the offseason, the agents control them, okay? That team doesn't control the players. The agents control the players. And so what happens is guys come into camp and they're not getting the kind of conditioning that the team wants them to get. Or if they have a minor injury, they won't work through it and all of that. And that struck me as what happened with McRoberts, okay, that he was pissed about the way that Josh came to camp. And I kind of insinuated that, even though he didn't really say it directly. And if you just look at what's happened with Dion, I mean, it's like Pat's worst nightmare. He trusts, you know, you have a guy for one year, $2.7 million, which was a great deal, which is a really smart play by them, all right, after Oklahoma City didn't give him the money that he was expecting. No, after he rejected a contract. He rejected. He rejected. That's true. He rejected it. Comes here for one at 2.7 and shows out, right? Gets himself in great shape, says all the right things, is a great teammate, connects with Dragic, hits late shots, reminds them of Dwayne. Defense. writes Writes about how great the Heat are for Players' Tribune. And then, all of a sudden... He's got this ankle situation that he doesn't treat the way they want him to treat it. And he basically takes the summer off, okay, from what I've heard in terms of what they wanted him to do. So 
you you just feel scammed basically, and, and that's how they feel right now about it. Okay, at least the I can't speak for everybody in the organization, but people that I've spoken to. So I don't have you know high expectations, and I've also told you I have not heard, and the Heat have never disputed this when I've said it. I have not heard about anybody who was offering him more than one year. I know teams were interested for one year. I believe the Lakers and the Knicks were two of those. But I've not heard of any other team that was interested for more than one year. Have you heard Leif's theory on that? What is that? So because of the, cause they were in PR crisis mode after the Bosch incident, and they just even even if they were right, they did not look good publicly. And then the right. Dwayne thing happened. They were they, right. They were right. They were right, they but were they right. didn't they, look. They right. It didn't I look felt good bad for Chris. But they were right. Yeah. And right. then the Dwayne thing happened, and they didn't look good publicly. And it looked. And Riley had lost LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosch, and it was just. Yes. Make, it was just a disaster. And Leif said that for Riley to rebuild trust with players, he felt right. that he had to over reward guys like Dion, like James Johnson, when he probably knew deep down inside, this is a bad idea, but he needed to recoup some of that goodwill yes. with players. Right. But, but when my daughter is good, okay. Which thankfully is most of the time. I, I don't give her 30 scoops of ice cream. <laughs> I, give, I give, I, I give well, that's, her he one. Over, he over rewarded. Right. But that, but see, Exactly, but he over-rewarded with, with what, two two different guys, okay, after they over-rewarded the previous offseason. But and I I'm, think, man, Ethan, I I honestly don't think the Dion contract is that bad because if he doesn't get hurt, all, I really don't think he spirals out of control. But he was hurt when he got right. the contract, was he not? He and was, they knew. Yeah. They knew about the ankle. Because J.J., yeah. I don't. I don't think the JJ deal is that offensive. And considering last year he was hurt with the sports training, it explains a lot. Hassan, we were all saying at the time that can't leave for nothing. And their mistake. Their mistake was the initial contract they gave him that they could not extend him. That was their mistake with Hassan. It was early in the process when they gave him a contract that. But they, they did. But they did give him the second year, right? So like, uh, so he didn't have his bird rights. Yeah. Right, they just didn't have his bird rights. But look, I wrote at the time. I'm not going to play, you know, revisionist history here. I wrote a column for the Herald on the front page of the Herald that they need to keep Hassan Whiteside. So I'm not going to take. And I don't know why he has issue with me because I was defending him on all that stuff. But that's a whole other story. You, I, I, right. I mean, but uh, you know, I, I wrote that they should keep him. So I'm not going to, you know, the Tyler contract. That's but, but that's the one that's been weird. Like f- from the day it happened, but that wasn't Pat. But I know, I know, bad. I know that was Mickey, but I'm just saying, like that's that's the one that's really weird. And then the the Dion one just ended up unfortunate. And Hassan, and honestly, I don't even think. I mean, Hassan, Nikias wrote about it today. Check that out at heapymammy.com. Breaks down the film of Hassan's awesome uh, preseason debut. Like Hassan, when he plays well and when he's healthy and right, he's good. Maybe he can't play fourth quarters, and DeAndre didn't play fourth quarters sometimes either. Nobody really made a big deal about that, but like. He's a good player, and maybe he may not be worth the entire 24 annually, but like he's going to be able to contribute really positively, I think, this year. This week on the Light Skinned Opinion Podcast. Hey, this is Roy Dalmy, and you're listening to Light Skinned Opinions. Yeah. They just put Marlon Spark down there with the hopes of somebody actually wanting to rent space down there. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Bobar is like, mm. what, 30 years older than Marlon Spark? I mean, that's going to be there forever. Roy, you know, what are you going to do? Have you ever been to Bull Bar? Hell no. Oh, that place yeah, is I'm gross. I'm not going to that place. I was going to say, Bull Bar's terrible. <laughs> it sounds gross. I've been there twice. So you want me to get shanked? I don't think so. <laughs> Yo, that tells you everything you know about Al. Have you um, been there? It's gross. <laughs> I've been there twice. <laughs> 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 I mean, you went the first time. I saw it was nasty, and you took your ass back. 
Well, I think we can agree that, or I hope we can agree that none none of these single contracts are terrible or franchise enders, especially not the Hassan contract. I think we were all in agreement at the time that it was the right move to give him that money. Um, it may have been an overpay, but the fact is that you compounded that with the Dion contract, the, the JJ contract. The way out is the, well, no, I, I kind of. And I mean, not I, really I, go, I always go back to the title. Any of these single contracts are fine. And my thing with, and I guess I want to kind of clear this up. Like, my thing with the Tyler contract is Tyler's better when there's really, really like hyper talented guys around him because his skills are cutting, shooting, being off the ball. Like, his, his, his skill is not initiating stuff like that. But, but gee, if, gee, if they just spread that money out like they wanted to do, okay? No, it's way better. No, then he's, I, a, he's, I, a, he's I, a plus. I, I, he's a good player. Right. So, so, so like, you know, to me that, that was, uh, look, they, they were desperate. Never Dwayne match what Lett. the Nets were doing. The Nets were a disaster at the time. Never do what the Nets were trying to do. Well, now the Nets have gotten better. The no, past the, Net, the Nets have been but, awesome. Probably one but, of the best. But, run. but at the time, yeah, look, uh, you were trying to reestablish yourself after Dwayne left. You had a promising player. You didn't want to lose him for nothing. I kind of, I, I, to me, the one of the four that didn't make sense of all of them, even though it was the cheapest was the waiters deal because I, I just it's just not the kind of player that they that I thought Pat would have fallen for in that situation when nobody was offering. And as far as JJ goes, yeah, he was hurt last year. He played through it. I mean, he fits the whole culture thing for sure. I mean, he's like I, I just don't understand why you're giving him four years. I, I that that to me, you know, and part of that was I, I think you know, he had the same agent as Hayward. And so these things were tied together a little bit. That's a good point. And it's like they were dealing with they were dealing with Hayward's agent and then they didn't get Hayward, but they felt Hayward gave them a pretty good look, and then there was JJ, and so, you know, okay, JJ was helpful trying to get Hayward and let's take care of him. But I, again, I understand that they needed to felt they needed to rehab themselves around the league. I get it that. It worked, but it worked. Well, it did, but I think it would have happened anyway. I mean, look, Miami didn't get less sunny. Okay. The women didn't get worse looking. Okay. I mean, it, it's not like players were going to stop coming, you know? So I, this, this whole idea no, but that I, I do think well, that Dwayne, they had a Wayne had an issue, the, the reputation I, in the media. I, and I, I think that we're understating the way that, kind of media informs and creates constructed realities. So like it I think it really helps Riley when Zach Lowe and Jared Dudley are talking about heat culture and like this whole narrative of heat culture is a direct product of that that thirty and eleven run, right? Like that that magical run that captured the league and like you know, people are talking about it nationally about But gee, look, gee, we'll tell me rehab you, tell you. me do you Tell me, do you think it's better, okay, do you think it's better to be able to say heat culture and we took care of our guys, but we have no cap space for you because we signed James Johnson and no, Deion no, no, Waiters no. I, to listen. these ridiculous contracts, or it would be better to sign more guys to one-year deals and say, <laughs> look, look what Spo did with these guys. We can do that for you. Look at the money we got Deion Waiters in Sacramento. Aren't we great? I look agree at this. with you. Look, look, at what we, look at what we did. Look at the money that we got James Johnson in Utah. Look, look at what we did for him. And bring in a Jeff Green and bring in a Tyreek Evans for one year and let it play Evans. out and roll it over. No, I, Ethan, that, I agree with you. And we've said that so many times on the show. But it's like I understand their decision-making that led them to this point. Um, and I actually, like, let me say something. Like, to their credit, and it's very anti-Riley, they've shown a lot of freaking restraint with this Jimmy Butler deal. Because I think Riley a couple of years ago would have offered Bam and Jay Rich and a pick and said, get them out of here, give me the star. And we'll take Dang, we'll GD, whatever his name is. 
Like, <laughs> I think that I think that that's an evolution of Pat that's odd to see in old age. It's an interesting way to look at it. I, um, I don't know. I, I think I, well, that kind of struck me as odd that he he put his foot in the ground for Jay Rich, which I mean I'm happy because listen, I love Jay Rich and I think Jay Rich. I think at that value contract, that's like that's remarkable. Like Nikias, you were gonna say something? Oh no, 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 yeah, no, like, Nikias. No, I'd rather Nikias. I'd rather Nikias talk. He's way smarter than me. Oh no, I had nothing to say on that. Well, that value in his contract is just is just incredible. So like, Nikias, please tell me more about Jimmy Butler and why he should be in Miami. Well, um, Miami is missing the guy. They don't have any elite shot creator on the roster. I could have said and that. Butler, if nothing else, is that. But it sounds more smarter coming in Nikias' mouth. I could have easily said that. I could have said <laughs> but, Miami but doesn't. Nikias has him. No, hold on. Nikias has him as number nine overall in the league. So I, I was trying to figure out how you got to that list. Number. Radio, we've arrived. Well, no, but no. In this in this case, I think it's interesting because I think it informs the discussion. Because if 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 Jimmy Butler is a top ten player, <clears> just. Then you can make the case that you should throw in a Josh Richardson for him, even though I put the numbers up on five reasons sports this week and Jimmy Butler's third year, Josh Richardson's third year, same age. Okay, they were exactly the same age in their third year because both of them stayed longer in college than most guys. And in their third years, Josh Richardson is a better player than Jimmy Butler. Okay, uh, his splits are all better. His counting stats, at least, well, I'm going to say counting stats, his per 36 or whatever you look at it, were better. Um, everything was better in his third season than Jimmy Butler, and so yeah. But Jimmy was I, playing with other stars, like Jay Rich is the second best player on the team. Okay, but you wouldn't. Th- okay, but I'm not just talking about counting stats. I'm talking about percentages and other things like that. If Jimmy was playing with better players, typically he should have gotten better opportunities and shot better percentages, and he didn't. Okay, not from three, not from the line. That doesn't have anything to do with other stars, and not overall as you know, field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage, true shooting percentage, any of it, all of it. Jay Rich better in his third year. So let me ask the Kais this question. I'm taking over for you, uh, Johnny. I hope that's okay. You, let me ask the let, let me ask the Kais this question. So we have Heat fans who think who say Jay Rich cannot be Jimmy Butler. Now I'm not saying he will be Jimmy Butler, but I don't understand when you look at those numbers at age 24. You have a guy in Josh Richardson who, unlike a Dion Waiters or Hassan Whiteside, there's never been a question about his work ethic, right? Like that is. He's last guy in the gym, okay? Uh, he's down to earth in that way. If anything, he needs to be more aggressive, more selfish, not less, okay? Why Why? Why do Heat fans say immediately, yeah, he'll never be as good as Jimmy Butler? When Jimmy Butler was drafted 30th overall, Josh Richardson was drafted 40th, and the first three years for Josh Richardson were better than the first three years for Jimmy Butler. I think that's fair. I think even if you look back to college for Jimmy Butler, while his numbers weren't spectacular, he was still taking over games at Marquette. He has always shown more on-ball upside than Jay Rich has. Jay Rich mostly played the two in college and played was basically forced to play point guard his last year in Tennessee. And I think the case for Jay Rich becoming that guy is just how much of a leap he took on-ball last year. But even, you know, looking at Jimmy's jump, like that just isn't anything you can bank on. It's almost unprecedented just how big of a leap he took in his fourth year, and then another one that he took in his fifth year. But is it unprecedented? Because I'm looking at, okay, I'm looking at a couple of other guys who are now considered elite wings. Paul George took a huge jump second to third year. Kawhi Leonard took a huge yeah. jump, I believe, second to third year. Three-point shooting took a little bit more time for Kawhi, and now he's elite in that area. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be either any of those three guys, but this idea, I mean, look, Clay, first year to second year, made made huge 
strides. So we're talking about we're talking about four of the best wings in the league. And I just I, I can't figure out other than Dwayne came back last year and Jay Rich went in a shell. I can't figure out why he can't be December Jay Rich all the time where he's averaging 19 and a half and shooting 52%. I think a lot of that does come down to his ball handling and his ability to kind of carry the load on offense like efficiently. And like sometimes guys go through hot streaks, right? So like your true shooting percentage is going to shoot through the roof if you're having a hot shooting night. But I think like the the thing you like about Jimmy is his awareness and pick and roll, his, his, his chops as a ball handler, his finishing. And I know Jay Rich added that little scoop last year. It's just, you want, like, I think we know the arsenal that Josh has, right? And you want to see him add to that so he has options. So when a team is like, well, we're going to take away, we're going to take away this angle to the lane. And Josh has even admitted to us in, um, in, in a media day, he's like, I'm not the passer that I should be. And when you're not the passer that you should be, and when you have limitations on your game like that, it's easier to do, now. Not to say that he can't take that leap, but there, like there are things that are that are that are there that you can say, well, these are things that he needs to improve on, and that's going to take a little time. And guys, I don't know if Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I'm all in on Jay Rich growing into a player that could possibly be a Jimmy Butler caliber player. That's not likely, but it's possible. My thing just is, and we've talked about this, if you're going to invest in him like that, and if you're going to make him the deal breaker in a potential Jimmy Butler trade, you can't have six guards and you can't play him behind Dwayne Wade or somebody. Like You have to make him your go-to guy, and he hasn't been that. Right, And that's also what kind of played into Jimmy's past ascension. Um, Derrick Rose was the guy in Chicago, and then once he got hurt, Jimmy Butler soaked up all of those reps. And he, the learning curve kind of turned up for him, but we haven't really seen that for Jay Rich. And I guess that, right, no, and that's a ro- that's a roster problem. I mean, that's a, that's a roster problem. Because because I I don't I don't feel like it's that Spolster doesn't want to give him those reps. I just feel like again, you look at the rest of the roster. If Dion's gonna play, if he is part of it, he's extremely high usage. Dwayne, we know, is high usage, okay? <laughs> so, so I mean, I, and you want to get reps for Ellington just from a minutes perspective. And we've talked about, you know, Magruder. We'll see where he fits. Jones, see where he fits. Tyler's making $19 million. It's just not – it's not conceivable to get Jay Rich where he belongs and getting those kind of reps. And so – but I agree with you, Jack, and I, I tweeted that too. I mean, if you're going to make him the deal breaker, then you need to turn this team over to him. Like in in a big way, like make him as successful as you possibly can, and that may hurt some other people's egos, but that's just what's got to happen at this stage. And so, I, you know, I don't know how they get to that this season, but I mean, he told us, and you know, we we did an interview with him too, you know, on on the flagship. And very, very different uh, interviews. <laughs> very different interview. Well, no, mine mine was hijacked by soccer halfway through, but yeah, the first half of it was basketball, unlike yours, which was about your love life and. <laughs> And, and quality, the, the check first, that out. Last episode, we talk uh, about uh, love life, and we talk about how Ocho Cinco's ducking J Rich at FIFA. Uh, Ocho Cinco, by the way, is going to be on our network soon for something, so that's coming. But uh, so we're gonna we're gonna ask him about that. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I he's he was pretty. He didn't want to say it like flat out, like I want to play the two, but you know, he 
kind of said, I want to play the two. Like things would be easier for him if he plays the two, but I just don't know how they get there. So, uh, but if you're going to make him the deal breaker and, and you have to allow him the growth uh, to get there. And I, I just don't know how they do that with the current roster. Now the guys that they're talking about moving, um, you know, I, I feel like if they could pull this off with Minnesota, that will clear some of those reps for him. Um, and so, you know, that will help if he's still here. And look, if they can roll out, I'm curious what Nakias thinks of this, because I think the goal here for them ultimately, based on who I'm hearing that they've tossed out there in trades, their goal is to put out a one, two, three combination quite a bit of Winslow, Richardson, and Butler. Like, God, I think that that's, sounds so I, good. I, I mean, I think, I think that's the end game here, because if, if you listen to Switch Solskjaer talk about switching, right, and where the game has gone and versatility and positionless, like that's the whole idea. Like throw Richardson, Winslow, and Butler out there, and, and bam, and bam, right? Switching everything crap. on the perimeter, and James and, Johnson, and, holy crap! Right, and seeing somebody try to score eighty points off that, like that's that is, I think that's the end game they would also, like. Guys here. that will run you out of the gym offensively. I mean, those guys are all really freaking fit. Like that's. Uh, I don't know how much they would score, but damn, that defense would be sick. Justice better, man. Oh, hey, man, I am on, like, and I know Jack Jack agrees with me. I think Justice is a really special player, and I think that Justice is going to take a leap this year. I think Justice is... I, I'm not a fan of Justice. You're not? This is this is news. Is this a new, <laughs> is this a new bit? No, I'm just kidding. I love him. Um, I think the shooting has come a long way. and He's I'm, beating Jay Rich in shooting practice! But I'm still very concerned about the finishing. Um, we'll see more of it as the preseason goes on. Like, it's only been one game, but... That's just something he's definitely got to get better at because he has everything else. Like, I think he's a great drive and kick player. He's clearly improved a lot with the spot up shooting. He's got the defense. He's the best passer on the team, not named. Yeah, but if he can't finish, we can't have this guy going one for eight every game. I think the thing that's going to help his finishing is that if guys, if they start playing him and spread out lineups and if he has more room under the rim, I do think he's going to finish a lot better. And I think that'll kind of get confidence going and help him build touch. We talked to Tom yeah. Haberstrow last show. Haberstrow. And uh, and he, he, he told us that it's just a touch thing. It's just like he's just, he has a poor touch off the glass and he'll get that going. I, I really, I think that that's the thing I'm least concerned about. I'm also curious how this new pace would affect his, because uh, he's really in the fast break. How much of an easier um, opportunity he could be able to get last outside in the, the playoffs, Brian? I mean, like, that was his when, thing when Justice was rebounding. I love rebound and push Justice. It was LeBron s. Like I think that's the dynamic of the LeBron offense that was like the most mystical thing is that he and Dwayne would get a rebound because they would mm-hmm. be in there getting and they would push and they would create all sorts of mismatch and justice getting the rebound and having the like the ball handling ability to bring it down the floor push the pace get mismatches all of a sudden you have Wayne open in a corner you have free space in the lane you have so many options and he's such a smart player I imagine him playing the point instead of Goron every single night Warren's so good though but I guess and we're going over time the last thing I want to talk about and I guess it'll be brief Ethan if if this Jimmy Butler thing happens is Goran somebody to be included because if he is and if they take Teague back we're kind of back into our previous conversation of being in cap hell and if they don't they don't have a point guard 
Yeah, that's problematic, particularly because Briante hasn't looked exactly ready. Is Bano, um, is Bano available? Like, yeah. Well, I, you know, it, <laughs> you guys are talking about getting out and pushing. I'm just thinking about what a lineup would look like in terms of getting out and pushing of, of, of uh, Winslow, Butler, Richardson, Bam, and JJ, and where you have five guys because Bam was pushing the other the other day at the scrimmage. You have five guys who can push the ball up the floor, and and uh, at least you know get in position to initiate offense. I mean, Bam's not going to do a lot of that, but but he can he certainly can. push it. Uh, he, he can, yeah, and they're probably going to empower him with a little bit more of that. Um, look, I mean, the point guard situation is a big part of this. I mean, we've heard from the very beginning that Goran is of the premium pieces that the Heat have, that that's the one uh, that they might be looking to move. Um, I do know that Minnesota has reviewed him thoroughly, uh, so there's definitely an option there. I, reviewed, the question is... in what way? I, I mean, they've they've studied him i know that they've studied him i know that they've looked at his medical situation they're they're prepared for a trade if a trade would happen um but part of the problem here is okay so again like you said what do you do with teague and and right now you know tibbs played three point guards the other night because he started rose okay so he started started shooting guard though he's right but he started rose with teague and tyus jones who the fans up there love and tibbs doesn't seem to and so they've got they've got three point guards already so are they going to unload Teague on who? Because if Phoenix is not part of this package, it's hard to see where Teague goes. Like Sacramento has a young point guard they're developing. He's not going there. Uh, so I, I don't know. Do you take him back? Is he is he is the Heat kind of player? He's been a good playoff player over the course of his career it for the most part. It depends what this team wants to do. Like, do they want to go into this and try to make a run at the Eastern Conference Finals or not? Like, I think that matters. Like. Well, it does, right? I mean, if you if you then if you take Jimmy and you take Teague, I, I just you know I just see I how the Teague's money good, works. I think Teague's a good player. I don't think he's bad. I mean, it's not a bad return. It's just you 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 could do a lot better. And then you can't take back Teague and GD. Right? No. It, yeah, Gorgie's got to be sent somewhere else. Uh, in and that at case, that point, I do know that that Teague somewhere else. I I, I I do know that the Heat have looked at. I mentioned this before. They've looked at Cauley Stein. I just don't know how he gets here. Um, I I'm not I'm not sure. Exactly. That's another guy that won't find any minutes here. Like oh, that would be great though. But I'm their big... big rotation is – we haven't even mentioned Kelly. Right. Well, Kelly – look, Kelly could be included in something too. I, I don't think he's going to be, but he could be. I'm curious, Nikaias, your opinion of Teague with this group? Um, I actually like the fit. of you. I think he's obviously better with a lot of talent around him. He's a solid spot-up shooter. He can direct an offense. He's an above-average defender. Yeah. Dwayne's going to chew him up. <laughs> I mean, probably. The way he's not giving the ball to Jeff freaking Teague. I mean, you would like for him to, but who knows? I mean, I have no problem with Jeff Teague. He, I don't know. He's like the 15th or so best point guard in the league. Like, there's nothing bad to say about. He is a Ryan Tannehill of starting point guards. He is the Ryan Tannehill of starting point guards. Hey, I'm Josh Appel, and I'm Billy O'Rourke, and we are the hosts of Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Mark your territory, where we bring you the hard hitting. Well, wrestling. No, well, not no, we don't want it. It's not too hard hitting because you don't want to hurt the other guy. It's more of a dance we're trying to do here. We're trying to keep it protect protect the other guy. Yeah, you want to protect okay, the other so guy. So maybe we'll go more in depth. Yeah, that's good. That's better. Mark your territory. Five Reasons Sports Network's Pro Wrestling Podcast with the most in depth wrestling talk you'll find. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.